We had chartered a boat, a first for us. Out on the water, we waited for any sign of the so-called King of the Sea and his young friend. After about an hour, we saw them, towing a tugboat with a stalled motor. Pulling alongside, we asked if they would be so kind as to chat and tell us more about their recent adventures. They were all too happy to oblige. Aside from Jay Garrick, we had never encountered someone so open about their life of heroics, but this felt different. Was it innocence, or something else? Following them out into deeper waters, we were determined to find out. Hi, my name is John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every... Eh. Oh, I can't... Oh, that's three that. times in a row. To every reversible finish. Well, God, no, we see, need to change the tagline. No, no, see, you see, you didn't have a problem the last time because you didn't even say it. Yeah, that's so true, that's you, true. You right? didn't get the hat trick, so I'm going to let you slide on that one. <laughs> all right, you, all right. Do you need to practice? Or... Is, that, is that like... Uh... This is like... This I, is unnerving, because like, you're usually on top of it. it. Just, for whatever reason, recently, it's just got the string. Every reversible finish. I mean, it's... I can... And now I can understand why I have difficulties with it, because it is a difficult phrase. It's just amazing that I never had problems with it before. Oh, yeah, you were always, like, spot on with it. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe this retcon really, really messed with our, <laughs> our abilities. Maybe uh, Are you saying that I got part of my palette retconned out? Maybe that's the character flaw that the retcon gave you. All right, but but here's the question: If that's like a one point flaw, what did I get as my one point bonus? I would say your uh, your summaries and your information giving now has actually been significantly improved because like you have you've given yourself like scripts, you've got mm -hmm. pictures, you, you're a lot more thought out than you were previously. Not that you weren't mm -hmm. well, thought out previously, but I think you have really taken upon a style that you feel comfortable with, that you deliver the information that you think is important in a way that you like delivering it. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's very correct. Uh, a little bit more uh, original research might be the way to put it. Yeah. Uh, instead of like, hey, here's like the thing I'm realized, I don't have any like, did you know this thing happened at one point uh, right. and it's tangentially related? Like I don't spend five minutes on those like I used to. Right. I think you've you've focused up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you have decided more what's important for us to cover than previously. I think that's that's mm -hmm. the trade-off. It also helps that I have more time. You, you do have more time, but, uh, but still. But yeah, like that enables me to really invest the time into that decision of focus. And good news, today I have similar kinds of things. That's good. I don't know what my, my removal and addition have been. That's frightening to think about that that i've that you get that and i remain the same i mean you, you can be the aquaman in this situation wherein there's no real dividing line between old and new right we just have to redo my origin story at least two more times so that everyone remembers who i am that's about it <laughs> yeah yep. we'll have to do that at some point all right okay john i promise it's going to be a little bit more cohesive this time around the problem with the last episode was we had to kind of go a little bit all over the place because one this is the first time we have covered this character so we had to be a little bit more focused and less uh bam 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 with storylines because we mm -hmm. had to like really actually talk about him talk about the kinds of stories that he has and how frequent these things are um 
This is going to be a little bit more quick, but we're going to actually get to some really good comics. The last three, I think, were my favorite. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about... Um, just a, a mention, we didn't say this last time, but all the issues except for one are drawn by Ramona uh, Freyden. That's right. This is mm-hmm. the first female artist we have covered. Uh, Ramona is still alive. She's 91 years old. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, uh, she's credited with Aquaman and Metamorpho, whom I hope we, we cover at one point because huh. I like Metamorpho as a character. But looking at Aquaman and Metamorpho, there's a very clear style and it it works for both characters but uh ramona Freyden is a very prolific artist and i think she does some uh, convention appearances i don't know it looked like on her wiki page it was taken at a convention but she is still around and you probably could ask her questions and things like that this is the that's the first person who's worked oh, on the wow, comics that yeah. we've ever covered that is still around to my knowledge yeah i think you're correct on that um, however, huh. every story except one of them in this volume is credited as unknown for the writer. Mm-hmm. There's at least three writers at the time writing Aquaman or something like that, so it was kind of up in the air who was writing what at what point. However, the final story is Jack Miller, mm-hmm. and that's just the last story that we cover in this episode. All right, uh, we're going to head right into it with Adventure Comics, number 273, June 1960. Aquaman and Aqualad help an author prove that you can, in fact, make it around the world in 80 hours by sea. A weird uh, around the world in 80 days kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I would posit you can, in fact, do this if you are Aquaman. No normal person or no normal vessel would be able to do this oh, unless they were Oh, not even Aquaman. slightly. I actually have stats. Should I Good. do that oh, now or later? Do that in the end, okay. uh, just yeah. so that we can keep rolling on. Oh, during mm-hmm. this, however, the bad guys find out that Aquaman is going to do this, and they try and set up some ambushes along the way to try and see if they can get rid of him. <laughs> Guess what? Doesn't work. Just doesn't work. They do actually strand Aquaman and Aqualad on land at one point, and he uses mm-hmm. this really interesting like mini chemistry set that's very a la Batman to make a small H2O reaction that him and Aqualad can kind of like replenish themselves with and then keep going. It's really kind of cool and interesting that they have that. Uh, Adventure Comics number 274, July 1960. Dale Conroy, a very rich socialite woman who happens to be competing in this Aqua Queen swim contest that Aquaman and Aqualad are being judges for, is very mad that she is not declared the winner. She's in fact a mediocre swimmer and Aquaman's like, well, the other lady was better than you. I don't know what to do for you. She's just rich and entitled, and she wants to be the winner. So she decides to make a bunch of gadgetry that mimics Aquaman's powers and more to try and one-up him for no reason other than to be petulant. And specifically, it's not the Batman thing of, I'm going to I'm going to be the rich guy who actually does crime-solving. Yeah. She, she manufactures situations that she solves. Yeah, she just straight up tries to show up Aquaman as opposed to trying to be a superhero in her own right, like Like. Lisa Morrill. Adventure number 275, August 1960. Guys pretend to be aliens to get Aquaman to retrieve a meteorite that has fallen into the ocean. Uh, It turns out the meteorite is actually a kryptonite meteorite. So that's kind of a really interesting cross-brand sort of a situation we got going on here. Aquaman, of course, stops them because he realizes that if they got their hands on it, it would be deadly to Superman, and he doesn't want that to happen to Superman. Doesn't really say that, like, him and Superman are cool so much as just, like, this is bad for Superman, I don't want him to have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. However, Aquaman and Superman are cool enough to know that Kryptonite's bad for Superman. Or, in this version of the Silver Age universe, it is pretty widely known that Kryptonite's bad for Superman. Either or, 
Aquaman is looking out for Superman, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Adventure Comics number 276, September 1960. Aquaman is enlisted to help find jewels at the bottom of the sea that have been lost at a birthday party for some vaguely Eastern, somewhat like Thailand was, sort of culture. Uh, yeah. The crown also looks very Thai. A Thai culture. And uh, the prince in this birthday party situation is given a bunch of jewels as per his weight at his birth date, which is kind of a weird thing. And uh, it looks like the kid drops him into the ocean. They call Aquaman to help retrieve it, but it turns out that these other people have like stolen away with the jewels on the boat, and Aquaman uncovers that plot. You look like you have found something about Siam. Uh, apparently, it, it sounds like Siam is just kind of the term that we in the West used for it. It never stopped or started being Siam. Uh, it uh. was apparently... If I'm reading this right, and I'm this is just like spur of the moment looking at Wikipedia, it was the Ayutthaya Kingdom way back in the day, Thonburi Kingdom uh, through 1782, Ratana, Ratanakosin uh, Kingdom, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that horribly, up until 1932, and then it was renamed to Thailand. Oh, okay. So that is just the current kingdom, I suppose, it seems. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dr. Internet. Yep. Uh, adventure... Number 277, October 1960, Aquaman and Aqualad host an underwater Olympics contest. Basically, they just see that the Olympics are happening in the rest of the world during the 1960s, and they go, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had, like, an ocean-themed one? But apparently only the two of them and aquatic animals compete, and it's kind of an Atlantic versus the Pacific sort of a situation, which I didn't know if that would actually be conflicting for some of the aquatic sea creatures because i didn't know if the uh, salinity of the water was different between atlantic and pacific i don't does that matter i don't know so i know tropical fish just can't like normally sit in any sort of tropical water it's got to be like specific to that fish i thought i have no idea so i don't know just uh if you hey if you're if you're a marine biologist and or just a marine biology enthusiast and you can let us know if you know atlantic fish would survive in pacific waters or pacific water fish would survive in atlantic waters let us know i'm curious about that yeah it's uh atlantic fish versus pacific fish and aquaman sort of throws the games to keep people from finding another kryptonite meteor just they just happen to be in the ocean it's a MacGuffin. yeah uh, and Aqualad wins, and everybody thinks Aqualad's really cool, but I guess it kind of gets taken away from him because Aquaman threw the games. Whatever. It, and not that either of them were competing. It was more so the fish from their chosen mm-hmm. water were competing. So Aquaman basically just told his fish to not do what they were supposed to do. I don't know. It's it's almost animal cruelty. It's almost animal cruelty when that walrus punches that octopus. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of Pokemon battling there that I'm kind of not cool with for the sake of just Aqua Olympics. And I'm like, hmm, you never did this before. You've never actually made the fish fight each other in a way that was straight up competitive. So, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, boxing, I feel like is separate or being treated in the in the code era separate from like fighting of course uh, yeah so com- combat sport but emphasis on the sport right but whether that is a, pro- a correct view of the situation or not uh, is one thing but it feels like they treat it as yeah. looking looking at it through the lens of time not okay yeah at the time of course it's probably like that eh, whatever fish fighting in a and they had a boxing ring and they had gloves on you know so it's it's not really Pokemon fighting, but it's like Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan beating each other up. It's hmm. weird. Adventure number 278, November 1960, Aqualad goes to school. Interesting. Only other time we see this ever happen, kind of, sort of. 
but it's kind of implied that Aqualad ends up going to school from this point on. He takes a bunch of classes over the course of, I want to say, like a week or so, proves that he's very smart, good for him. Apparently, I'm assuming Atlantean schooling has prepared him up to this point. But he, all he talks about is fish, right? Well, but he does some yeah, mathematics he, he does and history, yeah. Like that. But but like that initial bit of like getting yeah, seated. Before it's the fish the test. kid. It's the fish kid yep. thing again. Um, <laughs> it's that time of the year when the fish kid shows up. So Aqualad does very well, but when he's out hanging out with the kids at recess, which is when he gets to go into the water. For those of you who are worried about that one hour on land rule, like I was, he does get to go into the water because apparently it this breaks every hour. I don't know, but they say at recess. Wow. And I'm assuming that's what, yeah, I don't know. But he is allowed to do that and kind of makes friends with all these kids. Also, this school is on like a bluff over a beach. That's uh, got to be an expensive school for the view. But does very well out in the water and gets hit in the head by a boat after saving somebody who fell out of the boat and kind of gets all bamboozled and isn't really ready to take the test that he needs for the placement, but the teacher's like, he could be faking it. I don't think he can get out of it. So Aquaman essentially helps him cheat. He helps him cheat to beat the test, even though you know, and they have stated a dozen times that Aqualad got every single question right during the course of his schooling week. Aquaman just basically was like, you did all the work, I'm just going to help you cheat so you can pass this test. Because it's stupid that you wouldn't be able to because you got hit in the head and the guy didn't believe you. You're concussed. <laughs> yeah, you have a concussion, this guy's being a jerk. I'm going to help you cheat. And I was mm -hmm. kind of okay. It's It kind of yeah. breaks off like yeah. chaotic neutral right there. That's a little bit of a chaotic neutral situation where it's not necessarily evil, but it's not using the rules of the I'd, world. I'd even go chaotic good. Yeah, chaotic good. Either mm -hmm. one. Uh, adventure number 279, December 1960, Aquaman and Aqualad scare a bunch of joyriding sailors that have no experience sailing into going back to shore because they stole somebody's boat. Like you do. It, it just becomes more and more extravagant because these guys apparently think that they're invincible every time they survive one of these sort of scare tactics that Aquaman and Aqualad use. To eventually they just raise a pirate ship from the deep dress up <laughs> like so pirates good. and are like go home and they goes oh shit pirates we should go and they that was it like not the fake storm not all the fish not all any of the other things that they did but like pirates that are out of the era out of nowhere chad that, knows no fear yeah chad who's running that boat is like king of the world right there nobody is able to convince chad to not turn around he's gotta be high on something like there's it's the 60s at this point chad's gotta be on something to be that brave they go through a squall like a whale squid aqualad aquaman electric eel made squall and like they're big waves mm -hmm. to the point where this skiff that they're on i want to say it's not really a full schooner or a sloop it's a small sailboat yeah like there's no yacht yeah there's no like under deck it's basically what you see and then like a sail and there's like five guys on it which can't be safe because it's probably not you know kitted out for that much weight they stole it so there's probably not a lot of supplies and provisions on I it i did not see life vests yeah no one's wearing a life vest so they're all very stupid and once the storm hit, I'd be like, I'm out, man. Like, turn around. We're clearly not prepared for going any further out because they just keep going straight. Like, we don't know how far out of out to, out to sea they get. I'm surprised the rest of the kids were like, look, man, this isn't about, like, being scared or brave. We're turning around because we could die out here. <laughs> at, at what point do you get the fraternity mutiny? Yeah, at what point does Chad no longer become king of the hill and we have <laughs> to, you know, throw Chad and tie him up, like... 
was it Ulysses in the Sirens? Like, yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Adventure number two eighty, January nineteen sixty one. Happy New Year. Aquaman and Aqualad play uh, stand-ins for TV actors who have the bends on an aquatic sort of adventure show, um, and they do it just because they're fans of the show, and they've also been acting as consultants on how to do the underwater action, which is cool. Is Aquaman making any money? I'm curious <laughs> now, because Aquaman does a lot for a that, lot of people, and a lot of these are, like, job jobs. Every time that any kind of payment is brought up, it's always charity. Yeah, it's usually he... he deflects it as yo just give it to the seamen's charity or like the old like the old folks home charity mm -hmm. for old sailors or what have you and i'm like that's cool and all but like you're a water hobo yep you live in a cave underwater with a small boy that is lit by two fish in a fishbowl like can you <laughs> can, what do you eat hopefully not fish well you never know um they're dumb enough to help him do stupid stuff like fight in a ring with each other i don't know if they'd be dumb enough to let him kill them bottom line being aquaman should be like taking some money here aquaman's doing jobs he does more work than he does superheroing and i feel mm -hmm. like accepting a small check of like a grand for helping a ship sail out of like stormy waters and deliver cargo safely is okay so my take is that the the most acceptable canon answer, whether it's canon or not, but the thing that makes the most sense is he just has a stipend from the federal government or yeah, from know. the UN. Actually, I, I would I would be more it would be more canon if he had some sunken treasure just stowed yeah, away. Yeah, work too. Like that, like he's just got gold doubloons and crap, and you're like, well, you're Aquaman, of course you do. That's mm. that's more acceptable to me than yeah, like the government giving him a stipend. That would be like Batman to me. Because he's technically a deputy. Mm -hmm. I imagine Batman is being sent some money by the government because they're like, we don't know where you're getting all this crap, but maybe we have to fund you. And then he's slowly sending all those checks out to orphanages because he's got his own money. Mm -hmm. But the government doesn't know that. So Batman, I get getting a stipend because as a, dep as a deputized person, That's you fair. imagine That's that like, the government has to at least acknowledge. But Aquaman's mm -hmm. like an independent water contractor. <laughs> I, I would be fine with him having, like, uh, treasure yeah. that he can use. I, totally... I, I don't like the idea of him taking money per job. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's more of a realistic, grounded, like, Jason Momoa Aquaman. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with Jason Momoa's Aquaman being like, yo, I helped you salvage your wreck that saved your business. Can you give me, like, 500 bucks so I can eat? Like, that makes sense to mm -hmm. me. Jason Momoa does not look like he's rolling in the dough that's in those true, Justice League trailers. In that trailer, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's wearing, like raggedy clothes and crap and i'm cool with that i'm mm. cool with him like maybe especially if it's like a pre-arranged thing like hey i can be there to help with yeah. this project instead of a like him showing up sort of the moment and being like oh shit i yeah. gotta save some lives hey you're that guy who can breathe underwater we're gonna go salvage a boat to you know we've been contracted to salvage this wreck what's it... his email address um arthur curry at uh compuserve.com oh Okay, you salvaged it with it's, that last. Bit. It's probably it's probably the most archaic old email server that you could possibly use. And I kind of like the idea that he's just been on there like from the beginning before people even like got on there majorly. Just like a Curry, just like that. Yeah, completely. A Curry. Yeah. yeah, just the earliest of. And he's got to he's got to go to the public library to access it. Oh, he has no. Computer. Yes. 
So like Wait, once like once that? or twice a week he has to go to the public library to use a computer to get his jobs. Or a super bulky waterproof phone in like the full on like a Nokia? penguin case. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's a flip phone. It's an old Nokia. Or no, it's not even the flip, it's like uh, one of the bricks. Like not a... one of the big bricks, but like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um but just Yeah, I mean like they, they do this for the T V show, they actually fight a real monster. They get some good footage and that's about the end of it. Um we're gonna actually skip from going to Adventure to Now showcase number thirty, January, February issue of nineteen sixty one. This is the most, like, heavy, intense mm-hmm. one we got right here. Oh, yeah. So, Aquaman and Aqualad are helping a distressed ship out at, at sea. They they save it from catching fire and the poison that's on there, like, getting out. Aquaman goes back to the Aqua Cave, which is what they call it. I wish they didn't. And a pilot fish, or a lamp fish, flashes an SOS to him as he gets there. And he realizes that the SOS is from Atlantis. And he kind of has a flashback moment to oh we're gonna get a rehash of his you know origin story i'm assuming i don't know this for a fact this is the first time he's appeared in showcase it is so they're doing the yo this is who this guy is kind of a thing Mm -hmm. because he's the whole book yeah he's 24 pages in this book it's a three-part story so this is also cool first time we've got a 24 page issue of somebody that we've read or we've encountered and that's the normal length for comics. And this was actually a pretty solid story for those 24 pages. Yeah. I'm down with it. Works it. Quite so well. um, he begins to reminisce on his time, uh, you know, growing up. And about his mother, we get his mother's name, Atlanta, and his father's name, Tom Curry. And then they finally give Arthur Curry as his name. So we finally Oh, get is that the named. first appearance? It's, of the his fir- name? it's the first mention huh. in the Silver Age that I've seen. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, they just call mm-hmm. him Aquaman. And this is, I paid attention because I'm like, yeah. are they going to name him right now? And sure enough, they did. So in showcase number 30, he gets the name Arthur, and he is just Arthur Curry. So he talks about, you know, my mom taught me how to be, you know, Atlantean. And I'm going to bring this up in a little bit, um, but they refer to him as, like, running into or, like, coming into his king of the Mm sea-ness, which is weird. And he goes to Atlantis and is ambushed by these really cool looking monster men sort of underwater crocodile half dragon people <laughs> that's and, a not a bad descriptor yeah they got the crocodile body but like they're also kind of like the man from the black lagoon like the monster mm. from the black lagoon on like their top half they're like yeah. weird centauri type things um these are extra dimensional criminals who have come to atlantis from their dimension and, and they're all just jerks and they've enslaved atlantis essentially they're occupying it and turning it into a prison camp where they are having them build a large weapon that they are going to use to take over the planet aquaman shows up at atlantis gets captured and is now working alongside the other atlanteans who seem to just know who he is Mm -hmm. and also acknowledge that he is quote-unquote king of the sea again i will come back to this aquaman and then aqualad begin to stage a sort of ousting of the bad guys from atlantis too late it doesn't matter they've left and now aquaman and aqualad have to use their finny friends to destroy the giant sea weapon that melts stuff Mm -hmm. and it's kind of creepy and they destroy it and they send the guys back to their dimension with the dimension portal gun that they've got and aquaman kind of steals it and shoves them all back and everyone's cool and Atlantis is, is eternally grateful to Aquaman and Aqualad, and they make them their ambassadors. Hooray! We kind of talked about that last episode. We're like, I would love this. And guess what? We love this. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the end of that story. It was really cool. I liked it. Good story. Adventure number 282, March 1961. Aquaman and Aqualad chase a smuggler across the ocean and islands. 
to show that uh, to show them dealing with you know the one hour on land rule just a multitude of times. I'm gonna do a quick callback. Where the hell is that like you know chemistry set that you use to make a water reaction that you just you, that was a one time only thing? You only got one of those. They end up using like goat milk and snow and all sorts of weird like yeah I guess that's a loophole liquid sort of stuff. I kind of like the idea that he actually got the chemistry set from Aqualad school. And then the new the new round of orders hasn't well, come in yet. Well, there's not there isn't a budget well, for multiple chemistry sets. Well, technically that story happens before he goes to school. Uh, yeah, okay. I like to. However, think... Aquaman once went to school. He did, but I kind of like to think that's from his mom. Hmm. Oh. His mom and his dad. Yeah. Maybe, okay. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's maybe that's why he's only got one because it was from that. <laughs> he had to break his commemorative, yeah, his commemorative uh, hydrogen and oxygen gas oh, pellets. Sad. Um. Showcase number 31, March, April, 1961, another 24-page issue. Aquaman and Aqualad fight a scientist who has stolen an evolution gun, and he uses it on fish to make them prehistoric, and then Aquaman kind of makes it, uh, gets a reverse part to the gun that makes them futuristic, and then that's about it. Less impressive than the previous story, but still kind of cool um, with the designs of the fish and everything like that. But it, mm. so we're getting into these 24-page stories, and I'm happy about it because that's normal comics. We're starting to get to that point. That last story, however, is written by Jack Miller. Jack Miller, he didn't do as good as the guys who did the first showcase story. Just going to say that. Uh, yeah, there is no... Oh, no, he did He did write that one, too. Jack Miller wrote the... He did both? The Creatures oh, from Atlantis. So, you know what, Jack? Uh, they can't all be jams. It's cool. Uh, we still like you. And that's it for our summary. Uh, going to go back to that King of the Sea thing that I, to that I talked mm -hmm. about that I wanted to bring up again. There is no... Okay, so Atlantis is... For all intents and purposes, a sovereign nation at the bottom of the ocean. I'm just going to say it's like a city. It's probably got its own city limits, which are the bubble that clearly Atlanta breaks when she tries to escape. Then they banish her. Um, I would think that the only civilization on that environment would be in control of that environment. Just They would have sovereignty to a degree because they are the only ones who are down there more than everybody else and aquaman being the quote-unquote king of the sea by just the fact that the fish listen to him which doesn't seem to be a unique skill as aqualad also is able to do this and it seems to be a thing that atlanteans can just do because they sent the other fish to go talk to him to give him the sos Aquaman's claim to be King of the Sea is quite flimsy, and I don't like that they're using this as a nickname because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, I think that's the key phrase there. Uh, has there been any point the where he specifically, like, does he use that term? Does anyone use it directed at him besides the narrator? Because um, I don't actually remember if it's just the narrator. So, here's the thing. I'm going to bring up a couple instances, um, and they're... One of this, one of these instances. This is the rehash, the origin story, and mm. showcase. Um, yeah, when he's coming into uh, his, uh, his own, and there's the right, procession, the procession of fish, and he says, "They're pledging me total obedience. My mother's last words have come true. I am ruler of all the oceans." Now, his mm -hmm. mother also says, "You, my son, have inherited my ability to live underwater, to communicate with sea creatures, and to become their ruler. But you must work hard to perfect your skill." So his mother mm -hmm. is also giving him the idea that he would then be ruler of the sea by virtue of these abilities. Mm -hmm. Which, again, he is not the only one to have these abilities. So I have a uh, I have a no prize explanation for this, uh, and that's that. 
the seas refers to everything outside of the Dome of Atlantis because as at least within the continuity of Aquaman, all the Atlanteans, except for the ones who are exiled and don't have powers, are within that dome. They don't go out. They do not go out. Uh, which, to me, says that, you know, they're, they're referring to, I guess, the, the ether around their uh, dome as the sea. Uh, like, the, the, that which within they are suspended is the sea, but he isn't the ruler of Atlantis, but everything that the sea itself touches. So he's, he's, he's ruler outside the, the city limits, essentially. He is the ruler of all who dwell in felt tents. Right. Um, here's a line from an Atlantean. Is it really you, Aquaman? We sent for you when those creatures first appeared. We hoped you would rescue us. Another line from the same Atlantean. They overwhelmed us at once. We just had enough time to send a message to the one... To the only one we hoped could help us. You, Aquaman. So they know about Aquaman. They know what he does. They're familiar with his work. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just weird. Like, so they understand, A, Atlantis, we're, you know, we're the shit inside of Atlantis, but outside of Atlantis where we don't go because we don't leave the city, I guess Aquaman is really king of Atlantis. Aquaman's king of the ocean, but not king of Atlantis. Yes, I think it's exactly that. Strength. Oh, you know what it is? It's like he is a he has a different jurisdiction. He is a like the he is the head of the statewide police, but within certain like city jurisdictions, yeah. he doesn't have. It's the difference. It's the difference between like the FBI and state troopers. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, that's it for my stuff. I got stuff. Awesome. Yeah, actually, speaking of Aquaman as royalty, so I've got some stuff on Aquaman, I've got some stuff on context in other uh, other comics, etc. Uh, so there's a moment that I think really encapsulates this version of Aquaman as compared to the Sovereign of the Seas that we see later. Uh, he sees a robber baron in a ship nearby, and he says that he'd like to see the man off of the seas forever. He says he would like to see the man off the seas forever. Uh, modern Aquaman would... It, it, the sea is his kingdom. He'd say something like the guy was trespassing. He would assert uh, ownership over the seas. And he would like he would most likely take action or just like, ain't worth it yet. One of those. Whereas here, this Aquaman isn't a king. He's a policeman. Uh, going back to that exact metaphor earlier. The one that I draw the most comparison with He's Andy Griffith. He's the sheriff in a small town. He isn't the mayor or a judge. Yeah. Uh, for comparison, here's an episode synopsis from the Andy Griffith show that I think is just, like, spot on. Uh, Andy is forced to evict an old man, Andy Clyde, for failing to pay back taxes, but he finds a century-old savings bond among the man's possessions, which has grown to an outrageously high value. That's absolutely an Aquaman thing right now. Yeah. It's like, hey, old-timer, like, I'm sorry your boat broke. You shouldn't be sailing right now because you have, like, you got Parkinson's or something. But I know you need to be on... That's the only thing you know to, how to do to make money for your family. Here, it turns out that you ha you, you're, uh, like, right 100 yards down from the cliff that you live on. Here's this treasure chest. Enjoy. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's absolutely the kind of thing Aquaman would do. Uh, uh, 
was going to say something about Aquaman as King of the Seas in Showcase, but we already talked about that. Yes. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I think it really is just he has jurisdiction, and it just so happens that the <laughs> the role of policeman happens to be a royal one. Yeah, and he just he hasn't gone through the proper channels to be a full Atlantean. Mm-hmm. Like they don't no, have anything. I... Well, they don't have anything against him, but clearly. Um, leaving Atlantis is not a thing that Atlanteans do mm-hmm. so it's not really like he's full Atlantean because he's been outside and he comes and goes but regular Atlanteans don't leave so I'm actually not sure he comes and goes like I think he is just well, now he does stayed gone. now he does yeah now, now, he, does. now he previously now he, he didn't back, but back like now as an ambassador he's allowed to but that's mm-hmm. not like he's not like you're cool to you know hang out anytime and have a house here and not live in your stupid cave you water hobo <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like, they're not, like, giving him a place to stay. As an ambassador, you don't think he's got an embassy mm-hmm. where he could sleep and stay? No, he's just, By like... By the way, there's a house. Yeah, like, he, like they don't, they're not Skyrimming him, where it's like, hey, you're, <laughs> you're, you know, Jarl now, here's a home. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Nope, they don't give a shit. They're just like, thanks, like, here's an honorary title. I guess you can tell us when shit's going down upstairs, but other than that, like, nothing's changed. Is it the Aqua House? Yeah. Or no, it's... It's the Aquamarine House. House. Aqua House sounds like a fraternity. Oh, God. House Aqua Aqua Aqua. Yeah. Oh, it's that stupid A Oh, my God. I want to see Topo in, like, a letter jacket. A letterman. Yes. Topo in a letterman. Him and Aqualad are playing quarters. Yeah. In in a... Underwater, though. So, like, the quarters don't go anywhere. (laughs) So they're just, like, trying to throw the quarters into a cup, and the quarters are just, like, bloop. And they're both like, we're not, we're, we're terrible at this. I'm just imagining <laughs> someone yelling at uh, Topo, do you want to dance? He's <laughs> <laughs> just being an octopus. I love it. And instead of TPing, they seaweed people's houses. Oh my god, yeah. Aqua house! Oh man, so many Animal House references right now. Yep. Uh, but anyway, I hope you enjoy Aqua House now and you're, someone animate that. Or at least draw a picture of everybody in Letterman jackets. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Topo, uh, Last time we talked about the optimal amount of personality from Topo being a yes. thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And we actually did kind of get that moment in this chunk of stuff. After Aquaman and the animals help Aqualad cheat on the test, the animals get mad that Aquaman pretends it was all happening by coincidence. Because it was like, uh, just like make yourself look like a boot. Oh, the answer's Italy! Instead of being like, oh, like coordinated thing. It's just like, the he looks out the window kind of tragically and... Oh, there are a whole bunch of animals doing something that makes me think of something. Right. So stupid. Uh, But yeah, like Aquaman pretends it was just, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And all the animals get pissed. Well, no, they're winking. They're not pissed. They're all winking. I I saw the same thing because they looked angry, Mm -hmm. but they're winking. Okay, that works too. Yeah, they're all like, (laughs) we got you, buddy. And I'm like, that's sweet. But then we also had one splash page where all the animals were talking. Yeah. That was, and wasn't in the actual story. It was just in that one splash page, but man, that was weird. Yeah. So it, we, we found the sweet spot, and they wrote it once. Yeah. So what he's referring to is, in Adventure Comics, because it is a magazine, instead of a title page, or instead of a, t- a cover page, they have this title splash, and that's what he's referring to. It's like, mm-hmm. the start of the Aquaman comic is here, and on that title splash, they are definitely talking, they have speech bubbles, and it's strange i found other stuff about atlantis oh boy all right so i'm going to lift up my laptop so you can see it this is from a superboy comic 
So I'd mentioned like the other Atlantis or the other Atlanteans in the super in Superman, uh, the one mermaid, mm-hmm. uh, and there was the letter to the editor about it. And then here we actually have in a Superboy story where, as Superboy and younger uh, Lori is her name, uh, the mermaid, they meet up briefly and then their memories get wiped. Uh, but that's stuff. Uh, but we actually have her like. As part of deciding to go to the surface and meet Superboy, she actually mentions the domed Atlantis that we have in Aquaman. And it's specifically referred to as, no, this is where, like, uh, what was her name? Uh, Alana? Uh, crap. Atlanta? Atlanta uh, grew up in and came from there to go to the lighthouse. Uh, so it's interesting. Like, that's those two panels of mention and then it just keeps going with the rest of the plot line of Laurie and Superboy but it's, yeah. it's That's... interesting because on the one hand you have the editor who actually responded to that letter last time who said no basically no these are either in different universes or or they're not but the important thing is we need the storytelling flexibility whereas here couple months later you have a story that is specifically between uh trying to build a shared universe to at least some degree yeah someone made the executive editorial decision to be like no they like that they want that let's do that and i'm really curious whether this is part of a shift a general shift towards a shared universe as much as possible and like accepting the narrative restrictions of it or if it's the person writing Superboy at this point was like, no, I, I, I want to have this story, yeah. and you guys can do your things, but in my corner, we're trying to do this shared universe. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Uh, but it is it is interesting to note, in this story, the the Atlantides, which is the, the Mer version. Uh, okay. So first off, they're... Uh, they are mer people because they got an operation to become that, and the majority of Atlanteans got that operation. The ones who couldn't get it are the ancestors of the Atlanteans that we know in uh, Aquaman. Okay. So first off, that, and in this story, like the Atlantides, who uh, specifically uh, Laurie's parents are just kind of busybody parents. They're not shitty. It's just like no, you're not. Yeah. No one's allowed to leave. Uh, and you say you want to go meet Superboy, uh, this is a bad idea. So he want, the dad winds up like following her up to the surface and eventually is like, okay, you guys met, uh, hypnotize both of you. You don't remember this so that when you meet in the future in this story that already happened or was already written uh, as Superman and Laurie, you guys won't remember each other and everybody go back home. It's very little town of footloose parents as opposed it, yeah. to like, you know, totalitarian. Yeah. You must not leave. You know? It's exactly that. It's it's a wacky adventure. It's a wacky like uh, leave it to beaver kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, stuff about stories. So we talked a little bit about uh, the uh, the one story about the Thai influence character or characters and setting. Uh, that one being interesting. So I do think it's Thai, specifically the crown that the the crown prince wears is kind of that uh like tears of spiked with the tears being circular i suppose arches a very pointy cake yes actually it's very much that a very pointy tiered Mm -hmm. cake yeah and that's apparently not not in a bad or like demeaning way just like that's what it makes Mm -hmm. me think of every time i see it and i'm like oh yeah that's Mm -hmm. what that means you know (laughs) 
it looks very similar to the uh what is the term for it the great crown of victory which is apparently one of the i think eight major like uh royal there's a term for it but the way that we have crown jewels it's like okay you've got the scepter and the crown uh it's just okay these are the eight things that you have as the king royal accoutrement yeah exactly that kind of thing uh the other thing that's interesting is holy crap it's a story about a distinctly east asian cast where there aren't any racial stereotypes not really like the the yeah yeah, the king is a little bit of a hard ass but at the same time it's like Okay, the, the kid just jumped a bunch, dumped a bunch of jewels in the ocean. All right, well, uh, call the insurance and we'll figure this out. Yeah, and everyone speaks perfect English. Yep. No yeah. one has a no one's text balloon is written in that gross Chinese takeout yep. font. And there's no Chinglish. Yeah, there's no Chinglish. Um, their eyes are much more naturally ethnically appropriate as opposed to mm-hmm. uh, comedically stereotypical. Yeah. And their skin tone is not overly it's not like yellow, yellow or yeah. anything. Yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, no substance. Yeah, they've got access to insurance, and the mm-hmm. news crew that's there showing this is like, yeah, this is business as usual. They're not like going, oh, how quaint or how silly. It's like, no, this is how they do things. Mm-hmm. We are showing you live footage of this ceremony. Yeah, that's like really interesting. That yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I didn't realize I didn't notice that. Good call. Yeah, uh, it is worth noting that. Other stories at around this same time are not nearly as good on a racism scale. Uh, but yeah, like this is a well done story. Good so. on you, whichever writer that was. <laughs> yep. Also, Smugglers Inc. Just generic pirate group with a sub and a skull and crossbones logo. And they uh, they are the ones who are trying to uh, ambush uh, Aquaman as he's doing his 80 hours around the world thing. Just yes, thank Smugglers you. Incorporated. Yeah, every awesome. villain is lemons. <laughs> thank you, SpongeBob. And they have a small atomic weapon which they use yeah. uh, to just poison a chunk of the sea, hoping that Aquaman just, would swim through it. Just a bunch it's of not, ocean assholes. It's not even let's nuke Aquaman. It's let's nuke the sea, and then he'll have to swim through it. Gosh, I hope this works. <laughs> they say as yep. they poison a large amount of the oceanic population of the sea. Yeah, <laughs> what a bunch of jerks. <laughs> oh, yep. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, favorite animal moments: uh, Topo boxing a walrus, seals playing water polo, uh, the octopi with the figureheads from Viking longships as puppets trying to scare that Chad. Was so good. It was awesome. Chad and his friends are jerks. <laughs> they don't belong in Aqua House. Uh, and also using luminous fish to disrupt a red beam that's making the de-evolved or re-evolved. Yeah. Uh, the evolution ray. attacks. Yeah, the evolution yeah. ray episode. Ah, I said it. Just uh, I, I buy the drinks. Uh, yeah, the evolution uh, ray issue had a uh, beam that would also. It was called the attack beam. Yeah, which was like that's a weird thing to have. Shine on it on a thing and they'll attack. Evolutionary gun. It was a like the guy who invented it initially was just a regular ass scientist who it was taken away by his assistant who used it for evil. Not, not a not a regular ass scientist he was just a, a normal scientist guy like i'm just glad we for clarification <laughs> there's a very big difference on what those two people study and uh yeah it felt like he went for like the seat warmers as opposed to seat belts in that situation where yeah. he's like, i have a car i want seat warmers and not like i have a car let's put some seat belts on it which the equivalent would be i have an evolutionary gun i'm gonna make an attack beam on this as opposed to let's make a de-evolutionary setting on this thing just to, in case things get out of whack 
you know? It's a little weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> also, the fact that all of the advanced and uh, regressed fish are much bigger than yeah. their present versions. It's like, I, this doesn't sound correct. I don't think that's how that works, in fact. <laughs> I think uh, I think they'd either have be smaller, you know, for more effective use of their... Like, I get the future fish being larger, because maybe they become more predatory and they, they grow larger due to the fact that they, like eat more but like the larger version of the prehistoric fish it's like no whatever it is now is probably if it's regular fish probably the largest version of that fish as opposed to the mm-hmm. sharks because the sharks and the whales got really big yeah in, in prehistoric times so i could see that getting large uh, even then like it it bugs me the assumption that there is a linear path uh, of evolution that it's just this is what you were like however many millions yeah. of years ago and this is what you'll be like then instead of like Hey, by the way, what are environmental pressures like? Where am right. I? What <laughs> am I in a different area? Yeah, specifically, we're, specifically, we're taking issue with gigantic shark and also gigantic blowfish. Yeah, that, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. As opposed to like gigantic shark and maybe not a blowfish, it was something else. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was odd. Uh, so I do want to talk a little bit about showcase thirty and thirty-one. Uh, we talked a little bit about how differently they different they felt, uh, and I, I did some poking around. I did read uh, some of the uh, earlier uh, showcase issues, and it's just that's their style. They, cool. they do like I don't know if it's because they're longer stories, because it's always those three part stories, uh, or if it's just the writers. But they they do more serious ish stuff. And even then, this isn't like super serious by any means. This is like. These stories are close to golden age, like what we liked. It's more, it's more focused. Yeah, it's more plot centric. Mm-hmm. I would say um, it's it's like the mags that were, like the Superman magazine, which yeah. was those sixty four page sometimes stories that took forever. Um, these are like twenty four pages, more plot centric, a little bit more talking, a little more action. We get and, the job done. And I did like, like in addition to the talking, like the bits where they were willing to let it play out a bit like there were i think a page and a half was just a fish swimming throughout the ocean just gathering the armada that's very claremont yeah 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 that's like the early beginnings of claremont going like this planet far from earth teeming with life and then gene gray blows it up you know like it's very (laughs) yeah it's very that they're willing to spend time and more they should uh and yeah this was the first time that aquaman showed up in showcase at least in any recent history cool uh speaking of other comics uh so first off a fun fact there's another johnny thunder around this time yeah there is what i love it Uh, entirely unrelated the character is just a crime fighting gunslinger in the old west stupid i don't like it however uh johnny thunder is his like his alias while fighting crime because he he swore never to be violent uh to his he swore to his mother that he would never be violent and he grew up as a schoolmaster but at one point he needed to be violent to save lives so he has a secret identity no <laughs> nope. Aww. no no it's close it's not johnny uh i do also want to talk about other books uh, continuing the trend of unrelated stuff but still interesting there are a couple team books in this era that feel like a proto fantastic four because we're still I think a year away from the FF's release. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, like the things that I saw 
the Sea Devils and the Challengers of the Unknown. Uh, the Challengers feels a lot like a proto-FF. Uh, both were created in part by Jack Kirby, which is interesting. Uh, and three of the Challengers are a match for Reed, Johnny, and Ben Grimm. You have, you have the hotshot, you have the professor, like that's actually his nickname, and you have the slightly dumber, uh, the brawn. Right. I wonder if we can get our hands on Doom Patrol, because from what I understand, FF was the answer to the Doom Patrol. Huh. I have no I don't idea. know. I don't know for certain. I've heard that somewhere, but if we can get our hands on some Doom Patrol, that might be yeah, worth doing. I'm down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, getting more to Aquaman stuff. Uh, actually, no. This isn't just Aquaman stuff. Uh, so, a couple months after what we cover, and it actually might be like right away after what we've covered, uh, Aquaman moves over to, I think, his own title. So, he moves out of Adventure Comics. And what's left in Adventure Comics at this point is Superboy. And Tales of the Bizarro World. Yes! It's, it's good. World. Like, the very first one that I read was uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen winds up accidentally going, and he's trying to, he gets uh, drafted in by Bizarro Perry White to cover stories on Bizarro World. But what they consider a good news story is entirely different. Yep. It's like... I, I, he turns in a story about, hey, uh, somebody broke into a uh, prison. And they're like, no, this is dumb. This happens all the time. What is a story is that there are these other people who covered up the hole that he used to get in. Right. And it's just like, okay. I'm about to start talking about the DC line as a whole, but I wanted to, before that, quick little note. Uh, courtesy of Wikipedia, here's an interesting idea. We see a lot of sci-fi in this era. Yeah, like we do. Batman, sci-fi, yeah, we know all of that. Uh, and also the stuff we're seeing here. It was pointed out that one of the reasons that's... I mean, certainly there's all the actual like science going on at this point, which is batshit insane. But also, sci-fi stuff generally wasn't covered by the code. Whereas mm. like zombies were specifically not allowed. And aliens also, and yeah, yeah okay yeah uh but speaking of comics as a whole segue segue uh so i wanted to better understand the line as a whole all of dc so i tallied up the genres of all the dc comics released in january through march of 1960 uh thanks to dc wikia uh for putting up that list some of what i found is actually really interesting first off romance comics apparently weren't dead it's just that the storyline had to get super conservative and its prevalence dropped. 14% of the released issues were uh, romance. Uh, apparently the real death of the genre happens in like the late 60s and 70s. Uh, so we'll see that at some point. Uh, comedy and explicitly kid-oriented comics were about the same at 12%. And an absurd amount of these were licensed. Hmm. Uh, like The Adventures of Bob Hope and Sergeant, Bil Sergeant Bilko. Hey. <laughs> uh, so all told, including licensed romance titles, licensed comics were 13% of the line. Wow. So you have you have comedians, you have romance uh, stuff that's licensed off of like a call-in show or something, uh, and then you have uh, a lot of cartoons, like licensed TV gem stuff. Uh, Screen Gems is the company that they apparently leased a bunch of stuff from. Superhero comics, 31% of the releases. And it's actually a bit more because some of the anthology comics occasionally featured superhero stories like uh, Mystery, uh, House of Mystery, I think, had hmm. uh, someone show up. And, 
uh, it might have been The Atom. There was an anthology comic that had the debut of The Atom. But what's crazy is that the Superman family was the focus of 13% of the DC line. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yep. Because now we have the reverse, which is just Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, only uh, three Batman comics at this point. Right. Uh, But yeah, so that... And of course, like 13% is just where they're focused on. Like you have adventure comics where it's being carried by uh, Superboy as the premier feature. Uh, so that that interested me to dig through that and see just, it's actually pretty diverse. You have a goodly amount of like war comics. Cool. You got a bunch of adventure stuff. Yeah. Science. Science. So... We mentioned the uh, hydrogen and oxygen uh, gas pills that uh, burnt together extrudes water uh, because what you're doing is you're adding, by burning it, you're adding the energy to allow the formation of the chemical bonds between oxygen and hydrogen molecules, or more accurately, breaking apart the O2 and H2 molecules to allow for the creation of the bonds to make H2O. Uh, And that is apparently legit science. Like... I mean, it's a little tricky to make sure you're getting a high enough output, but yeah, it's totally doable. Mm-hmm. And then you have the idea of when they were when they were the people masquerading as aliens, they had a big old water tank. They're like, hey, you get in this, and the G-forces won't be as bad as we fly away to our planet. Uh, and I don't think either of these are necessarily 100, 100% both true and practical, but like there's some legit science there like you can absolutely burn h2 and o2 gas to make water you can absolutely get at least better tolerance for uh g-forces by sitting in a giant water tank Hmm. apparently one of the main issues is anywhere that you have different densities uh so like having water uh, having breathable liquid in your lungs will help because then you don't have a giant air pocket your ears that's going to be a little bit difficult at a certain point your skull and your brain are going to be a little bit of a problem but water tanks definitely help so it interested me that these they're actually trying to consciously do bits of science i kind of think of them as the did you know that yeah from bill Nye. yeah Yeah. Uh, so i i suspect that we're going to see similar stuff absolutely in flash facts uh probably in green lantern as well uh, so that's going to be cool. All right. I have two last chunks of uh, fun facts. Uh, so the first uh, is we talked about Aquaman racing around the world in 80 hours, and you heard me say, I have stuff on that. I have stuff on that. Uh, he goes from the from Panama to the Mediterranean in 17 hours. Compare that to the sustained speed of a supermodern LCS. Uh, I don't remember that what that stands for, but it's about the size of a frigate. Uh, it could cover that in 5.2 days. So, yeah. Aquaman's oh, going fast. He's going fast. Yep. Uh, and I do want to call out, the map of the world is pretty good, but its drawing of Asia is absolute shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Indonesia and Malaysia look like Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really does. Yeah. It's rather strange. Uh, and I think they're confused about which direction Aquaman and Aqualad are going. Uh, because they start and end it in uh, San Francisco. So they end by swimming out of the Golden Gate, and they end by swimming in. Uh, But on the way back in, when they're finishing, uh, they have Alcatraz out 
in front of the bridge. Mm. Fun fact, Alcatraz is within San Francisco Bay. Yes. And I had a moment of like, something about this looks wrong. Something about this looks wrong. Is that? Yes, it is. And I definitely checked. It looks like Alcatraz. Sad face. Incorrect. And I have the best word. I have the best word. Do you? Yes. Uh, so regarding the bit about burning oxygen and hydrogen to form water, uh, I did some digging into it, and it sounds like way back in the day when people were still trying to explain combustion and they hadn't hit on oxidation yet, which is all that rusting is and uh, fire is. It's just uh, fire is just highly rapid oxidation. Apparently, I don't really understand the science that well, but there was a theory that before this that uh, burning was the release of a specific element, like a fire atom kind of thing. Uh, and this was known as the phlogiston theory. <laughs> Better. The best word from all of this is when something is burnt and releases phlogiston, it deflogisticates. That's not a word. I am not making this up. Deflogisticate? Yep. Sounds like a word I would I would make up. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Yeah. All right. Did you know that? <laughs> Useless that? science knowledge. Where was that, Bill Nye? Deflagesticate is a word you should have taught children forever. Well, that's... I mean... We're, we're done with Aquaman for now. We're going to be moving over to quite possibly another one of my favorites. Well, not quite possibly. It is <laughs> one of my other favorites in the DC mm. line. We're going to be moving over to Green Lantern and Hal Jordan next. And we're going to definitely see a tonal shift. Not completely, like, hard-boiled, but, like, much more probably adventure than uh, your friendly neighborhood Aqua Hobo. So, mm. I'm excited for that. I hope you are, too. We are really starting to have things come together now, I think, with yeah. all of this. And it's it's getting more and more exciting. I mean, we're contemporary with the Justice League now. Yeah. So, it'll be fun. That's going to be next episode, and uh, we'll see you all that, uh, that next episode, then. DC Detectives can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and DCDetectivesPodcast.com. We talked for hours about their adventures. For Aquaman and his ward, being a superhero was a joy. It was a chance to hang out with their finny friends and help their community community just happened to be three quarters of the Earth's surface. There was no sign of an angry sovereign in his eyes, not yet, and no flashpoint. When the conversation finally ended, we looked up to an unfamiliar horizon. Judging by the stars, we'd arrived somewhere in the southwest, and judging by the green blur in the sky, we had a case.